Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Zebra Talk, the podcast where we shine a little light onto the lives and the untold stories of the people who slide on their knees and count the threes. That's right, I'm talking about the referees. And today I'm joined by one of my friends from all the way across the country. We've uh, made a pretty good friendship with each other, having, I'm pretty sure, never actually met each other in person still. Yeah, not once, but uh, not you may have seen him on OSCW, you may have seen him at WrestleForce, PWX. And now, most recently, I'm sure you're seeing him on the National Wrestling Alliance. Please welcome to the show, my good friend, Jared Fritz. How are you, Jared? Odie, what's up, buddy? Thank you so much for having me, man. (laughs) Welcome to the show. Um, You know, I'm always the first one to go ahead and throw myself under the bus and admit to folks like, Jared and I have already actually done this interview. So, you know, it may sound a little uh, (laughs) repetitious or something like that. But, you know, we had some audio issues on the first round. So we're going to go ahead and knock it out again and make sure that, you know, he gets the best... uh, best interview possible right <laughs> that's what i love about you man you, you you don't settle for anything less than perfection right absolutely and why should i you know you deserve it the audience deserves it so let's uh let's get right into it why don't you introduce yourself a little bit to the folks at home and tell them about where you come from and how you became involved in professional wrestling awesome man uh i am from the carolinas uh, more specifically right outside of charleston south carolina uh 39 years old uh, I was a very late bloomer. I was the DDP, if you will. Sure. <laughs> you know, I started training when I was 32, uh, to, uh, <clears throat> to kind of condense the story. I had a friend who was involved that they wanted to work me into the story there, but in the Carolinas, you actually have to be licensed and you have to be trained before you can even be within six feet of the ring. Okay. So I had to, so I had to run through a little nice. bit. You know, it's a little strict, it is, but you know, like, it's, it's kind of nice security. Yeah. So I, I ran through the drills. I ran through the thing, the things that you had to do to just get qualified. And uh, the trainer, uh, Bob Keller, he was like, dude, you, you got some athleticism. You know, have you ever thought of maybe getting involved in the business somehow? Yeah. And of course, you know, I've been watching it since I was a kid. And, you know, it was something that my mom was like, yeah, you're never going to do that. <laughs> okay, <Same>. cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I was like, yeah, well, like, what did you have in mind? He goes, well, we don't really have any good referees around the area that we can, you know, kind of rely on. And, you know, would you ever be interested in doing that? Uh, so I kind of started pursuing that as more or less, I just, I really had a passion for learning about the business, like everything Mm -hmm. that was involved in it. Uh, you know, I can honestly say when I was younger, I saw the whole thing for the original tough enough. I thought it would be kind of cool to run those ropes. Yeah. Pun intended. Uh, but I really had no idea what was all involved for professional wrestling and when he kind of gave me that avenue to pursue, um, I decided to kind of go a little bit more full force in it once I saw everything that was accessible to me. But I never had it in my mind that I'm going to WWE. You know, yeah. I never really had that. I just wanted to help the wrestling community, at least in the local area, yeah. add, add value to it. You know, become a little bit better, serve a purpose. Yeah. And, and that curtain was pulled back and you saw how like accessible everything was. You saw that you could actually be a vital asset. Absolutely. And you know, just like I'm sure you and everybody listening to this has probably got it in at least once. Oh, you're just a referee sure. and realizing how much is involved in being a referee and how much it adds value to that. Yeah. And just seeing those little nuances, I felt very, very comfortable in it. Now I did eventually pursue a wrestling career for a very short period of time. Okay. Um, and, and I was pulling double duties. There would be shows where I'd work under a hood 
Mm. You know, very next match, go get changed real quick, and I'd be back out there in the stripes right afterwards. Did you have like uh, an actual like hood gimmick that you were like trying to get over with people, or was it just kind of like whenever you showed up and they needed somebody like else in a battle royal or something? <laughs> I suck at winking. Yeah, I had sure. a gimmick. I had um, something. <laughs> yeah, I, I had something that was starting. Uh, sure. I only actually so here's here's actually something out of state or upstate where people didn't know me like they do in the low country area, mm-hmm. I would actually wrestle as a guy named Chaz Valor. Okay. And so that wasn't under a hood or anything. Yeah. But then I was like, well, hell I could double duty and make a double pay. Right. So then I started working a hood gimmick and you know, mm-hmm. it was actually very well thought out. Uh, I only wrestled about four or five matches under the hood and I ended up separating my shoulder, mm-hmm. which was a, a downward spiral for me. Yeah. Uh, but it also motivated me. Um, and this is where I'm sure anybody who, who knows me at least once from social media has seen the whole ref <laughs> thing. Um, that's where that evolved from. And I said, you know, I'm going to put all my chips straight in on refereeing because I feel like there's so many wrestlers out there better than me that sure. can add value to a show. Yeah, I need to start adding value to a show as a referee. And I really yeah. need to, to really put it in full gear. And that's kind of where everything evolved to, um, to kind of where I'm at today, if you will. That was a lot of my thought process as well when I first got involved. Like when I was a kid, you know, I was really interested in like, oh, what if I get to go to WrestleMania someday and like be champion and <laughs> blah, 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 blah. But then, you know, once I like actually started in my 20s, like thinking about getting involved realistically, I'm like, okay, if people like Ricochet exist, then the like climb uphill for me to try and like, you know, become a WWE champion or something like that is going to be just like astronomical. So like, what's something that's realistic that like, I think I can accomplish and I can be good at mm-hmm. refereeing is kind of like the ultimate backdoor into all the like wrestling experiences, you know, like there's, like you said, so many, uh, not now today, like there's been a huge ref boom in the last like five to 10 years, but absolutely know, when we first started, like, I lost count of how many locker rooms I've walked into and they like, you know, expected me to just be terrible. And obviously I was at the time, <laughs> but like, you know, by the end of the show, they're like, you don't suck. Keep coming back. I'm just like, <laughs> Yay! thanks, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's kind of rewind a little bit and get a little bit of the, how you actually like started uh, with wrestling story. Like what was your experience first getting involved? What are you watching? What era are you in? You know, you mentioned you're 39. So I'm guessing probably like, early 90s maybe mid 90s but let's talk about that a little bit transitioning into like how you actually started going to wrestling please gotcha so um i want to say i was about eight years old mm-hmm. and like i said my mom was never really into wrestling because she right. thought i was gonna hurt myself right you know, very Same. protective mom <laughs> i was i was a preemie baby so i was mama's boy and okay. she wanted to sure. protect me and all that and um ultimate warrior i actually think it was ultimate warrior's debut match mm-hmm. in the fed um i was just blown away like he was a superhero you know big neon tassels and face paint yeah (laughs) it was just great and then i'd go over and i'd visit my uncle and my uncle was actually really big in nwa and i saw that it was very very different you know nwa was definitely wrestling wrestling whereas wwf at the time was very very cartoony and so they both had a place yeah yeah go ahead they both had a place and then my mom kind of gave into it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And that's when I met Papa Shango. I didn't okay. actually meet him face to face, but I was like that guy. Yeah. Like, I like that guy. And so like, I'm so depressed that they didn't do more with Charles Wright and Papa Shango. And sure. yeah, you know, it is what it is. But um, 
got the news when I was about 12 years old that we were going to actually have to move overseas to Japan. Mm-hmm. So I was super depressed because like I'm having to leave all my friends. So right. that's when my mom just pulled the rug and said, Hey, if you want to watch pro wrestling, if it'll make you happy, whatever. Yeah. And so for about to keep you like satiated. Yeah, exactly. So for about a full year, like I was all in mm-hmm. me and my friend went to WCW shows, live yeah. shows, WWF shows, live shows. I was videotaping. Yes, that's right. Videotaping. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, are you going to shows still in the States? Like knowing you're about to yeah. go to Japan? Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. Because gotcha. I just wanted to, because actually at that point, I didn't know anything about New Japan. Sure. I had no idea that there was wrestling over there because yeah. I think anybody that was a kid in, in my era, the only wrestling that they knew like was WWF. Yeah. I mean, same. And so, I, I only knew WWF, WCW, ECW. I'm like a late nineties kid. So yeah. Like yeah. The idea and of you know, Japanese like wrestling. Yeah. Go ahead. I kick myself in the ass now for not knowing that there was a whole world of New Japan pro wrestling right. over there. But anyways, I got over there, you know, I would always watch my videotapes that I recorded and, you know, I had some friends that were uh, all clicky with NWO and stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I remember playing football and anytime we tackle somebody, you know, give them the old DX chop, and, <laughs> you know, it was great. So sure. like it lasted for that time over there. And then when I came back, I got back into it pretty heavily. Mm-hmm. Um, fast forward. Uh, like I said, that was about 2000 where, uh, tough enough came out for the very first time. And I was like, right. Oh, that'd be great. And then I realized, Oh, you have to do it all on your own dime. Oh, whatever. You know, I'm just graduating <laughs> high school. I yeah. need to live, you know, that type of thing. Um, fast forward, I became a licensed massage therapist in 2003. Mm-hmm. Um, and within about a two year period, I started working with us soccer. Sure. Uh, I got an invitation in 2007 to go to the 08 Olympics uh, with the women's national soccer team, which is amazing. One of the congratulations. What? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It was, uh, I feel like uh, this is so <laughs> wrestling focused that we kind of like glance over that. That's like such a huge, amazing opportunity and experience. Same it is like living in Japan, you know, like we're so focused on wrestling that we just kind of glance over, like you lived in Japan. Like that's amazing. Yeah. But go ahead. What's please. funny about that is I was just at a wrestling show and somebody was like, wait, you were at the Olympics. I'm like, yeah, I just don't really like talking about yeah. it. For reason. I don't know why. But um, one of the doctors that was uh, with the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team had just got contracted to work for WWE. Mm-hmm. So and he knew I was a big fan. So he's like, listen, anytime in the southeast, I'll hire you to be a massage therapist. Right. So I got lucky enough to work with WWE a couple of times. Then they did some sort of transition to a different massage therapy company. Mm-hmm. And so for about a year and a half, I was just like, damn, like, what do I do? Yeah. Like I really are want you, to work with pro wrestlers again. Watching or like going to shows or anything? Yeah. Or, yeah. Oh okay. yeah. I'm still gotcha. actively watching, cool. you know? Um, and, and, you know, the, the mind blow of the, the time that I got to spend with WWE is the very first person I ever had to work on was triple yeah. H. And of course he That's walks insane. in and he's like, Hey, I'm triple H. I'm like, Hey, yeah. You know, I've I know. heard of you once or <laughs> twice. Yeah. It's like, um, uh, we did extra work once and Shane McMahon came by and like shook everybody's hand and was like, yeah. hi, I'm Shane. Nice to meet you. And it's just like, <laughs> yeah we know <laughs> yeah we know who but you thank are you. We, <laughs> I, I actually really appreciate it when people offer their name to me when i'm first meeting them especially if it's someone who's you know absolutely obviously very famous because it shows a, a bit of like you know like i'm a human being and you're a human being and i'm not going to treat yep. you like dirt you know like i'm not expecting you to know who i am and that's you know and that's comforting because of all the people you know, and I say this not in an arrogant way, but all the celebrities that I've had an opportunity to work with as a massage sure. therapist, like you have to treat them just like a person. Yeah. Like it's even just going to any type of show and working with a name or something like that. They're just regular people, you yeah, know? Absolutely. Um, 
So, anyway, so Triple H is getting a massage. <laughs> yeah, Triple H is getting a massage. Uh, but so I wanted to pursue working with uh, professional wrestling. And so yeah. I reached out to my uh, massage therapy mentor uh, at the time who was living in Tampa right outside where FCW was. Yeah. And I was like, hey, you got any connections? He's like, no, but I taught a guy who lives in Charleston who's actually a pro wrestler. Mm-hmm. And his name was Pete Casa. Okay. Uh, he did a little stint with Dragon's Gate and everything like that. Um, but he's the one that introduced me to the local promotion here, Old School Championship Wrestling. Okay. Uh, I basically told them, listen, I will provide my services in exchange for marketing. You know, okay. I, I'm your sponsor. And they're like, yeah, absolutely. And within, I think, two shows, they wanted me to run an angle with Pete, like being his friend, going out to save him sure. or something like that. Yeah. And that's where all that training came in and so on and so forth. Um, Pete eventually got injured, mm-hmm. uh, no longer wrestles. Yeah. Uh, I still referee, yeah. <laughs> clearly. That's um, crazy so how that, that turns out stages sometimes. Right there, yeah. Right? <laughs> um, so like you're at OSCW, like what does the actual like transition into refing look like? Uh, do you go to training and get taught bumps and rolls and everything? Or do they just kind of hand you a shirt and they're like, all right, go. No, no. Uh, so like I said before earlier in South Carolina, you have to be licensed. Oh yeah. To uh, be to be even like six feet away from the rink. Duh. Yes. Yes. My apologies. So, um, but um, isn't that through actually- OSCW and everything like, so OSCW partners up with Russell Force, which uh, my trainer, Bob Keller, uh, owns Russell Force. He runs okay. that. So um, I was trained by Bob Keller and by John Schuyler, who um, if people are familiar with AEW, have seen John Schuyler here recently. Sure. Um, so they kind of helped out a lot with my training. Uh, I want to say that I trained for about, I'd say four months, maybe five months uh, before they put me in the ring for the very first time, mm-hmm. uh, which was as you probably know, is scary as hell, (laughs) especially because the very first match, they're like, Hey, we got a spot for you. And I'm like, what do you mean a spot? (laughs) Like, like, what's that mean? (laughs) What's And it it wasn't, it wasn't a boom, boom, but it was, it was, it was a comedy match. So like it ended up working out really well. Um, And honestly, afterwards I was so nervous of like, Hey, how did it look? And they both put me over big time. And these are both guys that still to this day, like I really value like what they think, you know, type of thing. So, and that's where the gear started cranking, like, Oh, like, so I did good. Like I can, I can make this thing work, you know, and terrible at this. I could do that. And then (laughs) my, my trainer is very, very big on psychology. You know, we, we would almost spend every week because we'd only train one day a week. And out of that time, it was a two hour timeframe, give or take 30, 45 minutes. (laughs) And you know, at least 30 to 45 minutes of that was just talking about psychology. Like, yeah. why would you do this? Which is what so makes under, sense? Uh, underrepresented and appreciated in pro wrestling, which is, you know, wonderful to hear that, like, they took time to actually, like, focus on psychology and it wasn't and, just you know, physicality. It, it's so funny that you say that because I feel the same way. And when I was first there, you know, maybe the first six months, I'm like, hey, when do we get to do the cool stuff? Like, yeah. <laughs> and I realized that that was all the cool stuff that yes. like in talking to some of the people that I get to work with, you know, with NWA who have a exceptional grasp on psychology and to say something to them and go, Oh yeah, I like you that. I'm like, get oh, it, brother. God, thank you. <laughs> like, yeah. It makes me feel so much better because you know, more or less is more, you know? Yeah. And, and I think that that gets very, very underrated these days. Absolutely. I think a big issue specifically with psychology as to like why people don't really get uh, 
as invested in it and trained as well uh, in it as like maybe some of the moves or matches or you know stuff like that is that like I never really had anybody explain specifically what psychology was to me I had to figure it out eventually and like mm -hmm. I feel like I have a good grasp of it now but like there was never any like just definition you'd hear people talk about it all the time oh they have good ring psychology oh they have they do you know their psychology is really good blah 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 but like it never really like clicks until you get it like what exactly it is you know and it's it's the why it's what motivates every single thing that you're doing in the ring and like we get that now uh you know in hindsight and everything but i think there's a lot of people who just hear that word used over mm -hmm. and over again and they don't know what it means you know what i mean no. if nobody ever explains to you what a high spot is like how are you supposed to know what a high spot is it's not like we have a dictionary mm -hmm. floating around that like you know we can refer <laughs> back to <laughs> you know we what should I mean? write one yeah <laughs> but anyway no and and it's you know the simple equation is like that was taught to me probably you know maybe the second or third training that i did was the baby face will always give the crowd what they want and the heel will always take it away right. and that's the simple basic equation of everything so yeah. how can you manipulate those things to make a match and yeah. that's that's you know really the the simplistic aspect of it but so i started really, you know, after training, picking Bob's mind about psychology, because I wanted to know how as a referee, I could add psychology to the match. And yeah. a lot of my mannerisms that I do in the ring that people have mentioned or commented on, or, oh, I like why you do that. Well, there's a reason that I do that, you know, sure. uh, and we'll get to that in a few minutes. But then I started, you know, Bob's always been big, go study, yeah. you know, go study, you know, go watch them. And then John has always been like, watch the match five times. Yeah. Watch it just as the baby face, just as the heel, just as the referee, then cover it up and just watch their feet, watch yeah. the feet movement, I you know, and everything. That. Yeah. Yeah. And Thank watch you. it in mute. So you're yeah. not hearing anything. You're just, you know, and so I started doing a lot of that and really kind of dissecting things and figuring out little attributes that I like here and there and getting more confident in my abilities, which just, you know, capitulated into where I'm at today. I actually really appreciate that you mentioned again, um, watching things on mute, because that's actually something I specifically like not stole from you or anything, but like I picked up conversations <laughs> with you as a really worthwhile, valuable tool, like watch specifically like your own matches on mute and just like try and decipher if you can, you know, like it, see if you can tell what it is that you're conveying to the wrestlers, you know, like watch a match on raw or something like that on mute and see if you can tell what story is being told just by hand movements mm -hmm. and by, you know, like uh, reading lips and things like that and reading the energy in the ring. It's very, very, very you know, and to add to that, you know, I'm lucky enough to have up in the Charlotte area, George South, who yeah. is indispensable Amazing. to the yeah. wrestling community. And that's one of the things is anytime I'd go to WrestleCade or any show that he was on, you know, you get CCTV in the back and you don't get any audio with it. Sure. And he's like, I can't, I can't tell who's baby face and who's heel. Yeah. And I should be able to know within the first two minutes, you know, yeah, even less than that. And yeah. so, uh, you know, it's establishing those characters right from the get go. Absolutely. You know, and for us establishing our authority right at the beginning too. Definitely. And establishing authority without it seeming like you're just being aggressive for the sake of being aggressive. Because yeah, you're not trying to get yourself over, but you're trying to be the part that you need to be. It's not even to so tell the story getting over. Like, I think people hear you need to be more authoritative and they just misconstrue that as you need to be angry and you need to be. aggressive. Yeah. You know, and it's yeah. not necessarily the case. You need to give commands and expect them to be followed. 
you know, even well, when they're yeah. not. And just like your character, you know, I say character loosely, your character should develop in the match just as yes. everybody else's character. So at the beginning, hey, get him out of the corner. You know, you you're know better being than aggressive that. just because, yeah, like you're trying to be authoritative or whatever. You're, but you're as it goes, you your volume goes up, your intensity goes up, because I've had to tell you this six times now, you yeah. know, <laughs> whatever it might be. Yeah. But that way it builds. So that way you don't, you know blow it all at the beginning and then now okay so i mean look at kyoto like kyoto was always very authoritative right mm -hmm. but like at the very end of the match where it really mattered is when he started getting that he almost seems like he's red. mother and somebody yeah, yeah right? like, absolutely so but it developed he was never that way like right at the beginning of the match right you know so you react to the energy that you're given you uh yeah mm -hmm. acting is reacting and all that um so you're talking about, you know, you're in the ring now and you're doing your thing. Obviously, you mentioned you kind of went up and down the roads a little bit, like doing double duty, sometimes under a hood or whatever. Like, at what point did you really feel like you like you're a working referee and that like this is something that you could do consistently and that you may want to actually like try and climb the ranks of, as opposed to like just something that somebody said you might be good at. And I'm going to go train and see if it works out. You know what I mean? I have to think about that for one here for a second, but I could honestly say that I think um, after Brewer left um, PWX, yeah. he was like, Hey, why don't you go contact them? You know, I'll put in a word for you. Um, and PWX was the first experience. And I actually happened to audition on a night where they partnered with um, Evolve. Okay. So I didn't do anything with Evolve, but I was around that type of an atmosphere and I saw how uh, in depth it was. And I was like, you know, this, now that I'm here at this stage, I think, and, you know, uh, Kevin Pierce and uh, Frank Gastineau were there as the other officials. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was very, very worried about feedback. Mm -hmm. I love feedback because that's the only way we get better. But, you know, I was very apprehensive and they just were like, you know, great cadence. You hit the mat. I'm very big on like, put push your hand through the mat, like type sure. of thing, you know. Yeah. They're just, you know, they... I don't, I don't want to say they fed my ego, but they gave me enough confidence to go, okay, hey, this at this level where we're filming IFBs, you know, this type of thing, and I'm doing okay. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, you know, let's I'm put those chips like in. What you were worried about as far as feedback, were you just kind of worried they were going to like pull the plug on your, like, you know, your confidence and that you just were going to hear like all kinds of like your trash <laughs> or like, I don't, I don't think it was that as much as it is. I have a, unconditional fear of letting people down okay, you know yeah. so like i want to make sure that i do a good job you yeah. know and uh you know of course you need that feedback so that you can get better you know there's yeah. been plenty of times where i've screwed the pooch per se and it was embarrassing but you're i got really so good at what i did afterwards yeah you're not so much worried that they're gonna say like you're really bad at what you do or anything like that you're worried they're gonna say like you mess things up for us specifically yeah because at that level you know um, I remember the interview you did with um, Justin King mm -hmm. and, you know, he was talking about the only way you learn is do it. If you screw up out there, oh, well, we'll, you know, we'll figure yeah, it out fine. afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, after hearing that on, on the podcast, I was like, oh, that makes so much freaking sense. And so now, like, that's where I'm at now. Mm -hmm. Now I don't have that fear of letting people down. Yeah. I still don't want to let people down, sure. but if I make a mistake, I make a mistake, you know, yeah, and I learned deer in the headlights and petrified and beating yourself up for, for it anymore. You're going to be like, okay, I screwed <laughs> up. How can I fix it? 
Absolutely. And at the beginning of 2020 in January, I finally got to work with big time, which is one of the things that was kind of like on my to-do list, if you will. And I ended up screwing up a match with my trainer, John Schuyler. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't see him lift his shoulder up and I counted the three and that wasn't the finish, but I called for the bell anyway. Sure. And it was a mat. It was something that was going to evolve in, in at the end where it was going to be bully Ray and Shane Douglas versus John and CW Anderson. Yeah. So and kind of a big deal. I, yeah. And I came back and I was just heartbroken because that's the first time I ever did it. And it was with my freaking trainer. Mm-hmm. How awesome is that? Right. Mm-hmm. And he comes back. He's like, dude, mistakes happen. You're good. Yeah. You're good. Bully grabs me by the shoulder. He goes, I love it. Yeah. This works perfectly for the ending. We've got a story here. I was like, Oh my God. So Thank like the God. worst thing that could ever happen to me is now yeah. coming, becoming one of the best moments of my life. Right. So, um, so yeah, it was uh, just one of those things that to where right now, give me all the feedback I need because that's the only way that I'm going to get better. And that's the only way that I'm going to uh, make, add any type of extra value to the shows and everything. Sure. I think Absolutely. the biggest fear I have right now is if I ever get an, an opportunity to do an NWA World Heavyweight Championship, it's that damn speech. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't that's tell you the how only many one. times <laughs> I've had people like hit me or Nick or somebody else up for the speech and just like, do you have it written down somewhere? And I'm just like, <laughs> I got this link. Here it is. Watch it. Yeah, I was the exact same way. And the funny thing about that is like, I came from, you know, obviously like a really extensive theater background. Like I can do like a five minute monologue without really like breaking a sweat. And I've done that like most of my life. Uh, but that speech, like, it's so rare in a professional wrestling setting yes. with the referee shirt on that we actually get to speak other than just, you know, refereeing um, that. Yeah, like it was it was pretty nerve wracking. Uh, it was yeah. pretty funny. I'm, I'm going to uh, prepare you for this since nobody prepared <laughs> me for it. But um, I don't know if your ring announcer will do it as well. But uh, our ring announcer at Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, uh, Adnan Qureshi, who's a fantastic announcer. Um, he feeds the microphone in between your Through the arm, arm. and yep. uh, your body. And nobody told me that was happening. <laughs> so I'm standing there holding the 10 pounds of gold with yep. Nick Aldis and bad dude Tito. And like, this is the biggest moment of my career so far, you know, like it's amazing moment, this great opportunity. And all of a sudden I just feel like it almost felt like somebody was trying to tickle me. And I'm like, <laughs> what is going what? on right now? And you can see like the look in my eye for like a split second when it happens. But then I see the microphone pop up and I'm like, all right, let's go. Here we go. <laughs> uh, so Obviously, uh, you've transitioned now into like, you know, feeling like you're doing things like you are cooking with gas almost like uh, what kind of goals do you have at this point? Like, are you chasing after a contract or are you just kind of like, I'm going to go everywhere that I can and learn everything that I can and like get as many experiences as, as possible? What's motivating you at this point in your career uh, in this stage of your career? Not currently. We'll get yeah. to now. eventually. Solid, solid question. Uh, first and foremost, learn as much as I absolutely possibly can so that I can pass it on. Um, I love coaching. I love teaching. I love, um, conveying information. You know, I teach for the American massage therapy association for Mm -hmm. massage therapy. I was a CrossFit coach for a period of time. Um, you know, I, I love passing on information and helping people get better. You know, my, my trainer, Bob Keller, you know, you say his name, people like, uh, I don't know who Bob Keller is. You know, he was one of those people that, you know, he has shared the information because he wants us to do better than he did. I want the people that I get to help to do better than I did, you know? And so for, you know, I think the greatest and most honorable thing that I can give him at this point now is the fact that 
John Schuyler is now with AEW. I'm now with NWA, and that's you know right. a beautiful thing. You're carrying so, on their name like proudly. Exactly. So first and foremost, learn as absolutely much as I possibly can. And you know, I know some people don't like it, but I love to hover when guys are calling matches, just yeah, because I, I want to learn that. like all the psychology. Like I want to hear everything. Yeah. Um, I would love to secure some sort of a contract. You know, I don't know who it would be, mm-hmm. um, but to know that. I could pursue even a small portion of my life living a dream that could be, you know, paying my bills and everything. That's, that's a awesome damn feeling, you know? Um, I would at least love to have the opportunity to do a WWE tryout just because there's so much knowledge there, you know, is WWE the right fit for me? I have no, I have no earthy idea. I've never been there. That's (laughs) the other side, right? (laughs) Yeah. Um, but to really is just learn as much as I can, you know, that's, that's really it. Um, you know, uh, number one on my bucket list, though, like I said, is I have yet to do a, a world heavyweight championship match, you know, and that's definitely on my to do list. Um, I know it'll happen and I know it'll happen when it's the right time to yeah, do I so. Yeah, I feel like it's definitely just a matter um, of time at this point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I'd love, I'd love the opportunity to work somewhere internationally, possibly. You know, yeah. I don't necessarily like have uh, Japan or England or anything really in my sights. But it would be cool to just travel the world at least one time, you know, yeah. to, to, to do something there. And um, have you ever been outside of the United States or you lived oh, yeah. in Japan? Lived- what am I talking about? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we already talked about that. I lived in Japan for three years uh, and I traveled a lot with U.S. soccer. So I went to a lot of the Scandinavian countries, Costa Rica, Peru, uh, China, many, many times. So very world traveled, very, you know, yeah. like uh, been out there and done things. But like it would be great to be able to do it like for wrestling. Yeah. And, and I still am in. And I, I feel right now with the um, with the buzz that I get mm-hmm. that through NWA this will happen, but I, I want that stadium feel. Like yeah, I, I want to be able to to get in that ring and just have you know thousands and thousands of people just just to experience it at least once. You know, just at least once. Yeah, Definitely. just to see what it's like. <laughs> We've talked about it quite a bit, obviously already. Let's go ahead and get you into the National Wrestling Alliance. How did that process go about? Like, what was your, what was your path? Go ahead. Tell us the story. So, uh, you know, I'm always one of those people that was taught from day one, you know, don't be afraid to contact promoters, you yeah. know, give them all your information throughout Thank your resume. Thank you so much for saying that. There are so <laughs> many people out there that are constantly just like, so afraid I'm available. Who wants a ref? Yeah, like, no, (laughs) you need to go and you need to send the emails and you need to send the messages and you need to go and chase Mm -hmm. it because there's a million of people like you and I that are out there chasing it. And if you're not like, you know, we might not even be any better than you are, but like, you're just not one of the people that's knocking on the door. So why is anybody going to open a door that's not getting knocked on? Well, and you know, I think I have it in my back pocket that I've been an entrepreneur for years. You know, I run several different businesses. So I know that in order to get clients, I have to go out there and pull them in. You know, they're not just going to flop into my lap. And the same goes for trying to get bookings. Like you have to go out there and reach. Um, And when power debuted, you know, I heard all the, the, um, the, the, the voices talking about NWA coming back. And I was like, Oh, cool. That would be like really, really awesome. And then I realized like when they were coming back, like it was going to be based out of Atlanta. And I'm like, well, geez, Atlanta is not that far. And then one of my friends, Maureen was working with them. She was their HR for a while. Uh, Yes. (laughs) She's fantastic. Um, And I, and I spoke to her. I was like, Hey, like, 
can you point me in the right direction? I'm not asking you to get me a spot. I'm just asking you, can you point me in the right direction to where I need to go? Yeah. And at that time, she's like, I'll be honest with you right now. There's just not a spot, you know, but, um, you know, we'll keep you in mind. And uh, it was <clears throat> the November before the Into the Fire pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. I got a phone call from her. She's like, hey, you think you'd be available in December? And I'm like, for what? You know, she's like, well, um, we'd like to bring you down. Uh, for the pay-per-view, you're only going to be doing chair massage. We want to utilize you for chair massage, which I was like, okay, that's cool. You know, I've had this longstanding dream to open up a clinic in the performance center for WWE. So, hey, this might be the pathway to go to that. I don't know. And she goes, and then they're going to do several days of taping after that. And we'll give you a trial and we'll go from there. So it was like, awesome. You know, and I just made sure that everything on my end was okay. You know, with my wife, with my businesses and everything. And we made it happen and I traveled down there and I show up and I'm very big on showing up uh, when I work at a wrestling uh, promotion dressed well, nice. you know, just Excellent. just for the job you want. Right. Yeah. So like I have a tendency to wear a suit and tie and everything, Same. but I knew that that first day I was only going to be a massage therapist. So I showed up in my khaki shorts and my zip up, you know, and I was there to be a massage therapist. And, yeah. um, so I meet a couple of people there, familiar faces that I knew from the Indies and everything. And I set up my chair and Maureen comes up to me. She's like, you got your gear with you? I was like, well, yeah, it's it's right here. Here's my massage chair. She's like, no, do you have your referee gear? I'm like, well, yeah, tomorrow for of tomorrow. She's like, no, 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 you're refing tonight. Yeah. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> Excuse me, what? <laughs> Excuse me. And, uh, you know, so I have never worked with the NWA before. Yeah. Uh, they put me with Tasha Steeles and Thunder Rosa which I'd never worked with either of them before. Like talk about Um, some amazing talents, but yeah. Right. Right. Um, And I'd never, you know, I've worked with IFBs before, but I never worked with like their communication system. I hadn't even, you know, really been truly introduced to anybody at this point right now. Um, And, you know, they just kind of pushed me in there and they were like, here you go. Um, so of Hope course I come back. Well. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I come back through the curtain after that match. Cause that was the only match I had that night, which was great because it kind of just gave me the taste that I needed. And uh, I asked Robert King, I was like, so how was it? He goes, you were nervous, weren't you? I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was very nervous. He's like, dude, just relax, you know? <laughs> yeah. And other, other than, you know, having to hurdle between six different cameras, you know, pedestal cameras, hard cam, Roman cams and all that, it, mm-hmm. you know, it really wasn't that bad. And then the next couple of days, I mean, what I love about NWA is, and you, and you hear it's, it's almost, almost like a, a generic type of thing, but they're a family down there. Like they really, 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 you know, some of these guys are like absolute 100% best friends, you know, yeah. uh, you know, Nick's yeah, not NWA shy about saying it. Deep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's, it's great. It, it's so welcoming. And I mean, within a day and a half, I was just like, yeah. And then they brought me back for hard times. And then we were supposed to do Crockett cup and then, Hey, surprise. so um but you know i was very i was very thankful you know i knew hebner was gonna try to leave because he wanted to pursue things with um impact um and then of course when he stepped down robert assumed you know as as much as he doesn't like it i don't like it either but he was the senior official you know and he's like you're my you're my number two you know there's no there's no question whatsoever so it's just like oh man already so why go about yeah yeah. So that was very, very heartwarming. And, you know, after the last tapings that we did there, he goes, you got nothing to worry about, you know, cause I had told him the whole situation. Um, I'm sure this will be airing far after all this happened, but <laughs> we got um, the pay-per-view coming up this weekend and it kind of runs a little bit of interference with my uh, uh, 
uh, wedding anniversary. Your and what? <laughs> my wedding anniversary. And so I spoke to my wife and it'll be after the trip that we're taking, but it like butts right up to it. So she right. gets to come down and meet everybody and, and see what cool. I do down there, which is amazing. Um, so yeah, you know, I mean, and I was worried. I was like, Hey, if it, cause I, I spoke to them like, you don't have to come down if you don't want to. And, and, you know, I've heard those stories that if you don't show up, you know, <laughs> yeah, you're bye. Gone. Yeah. yeah, we'll find somebody else. And they're like, no, 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 no. Like you could not show up for the next four shows. And I'd probably still bring you back afterwards. I was like, Oh, sure. <laughs> you know, it's such a relief off my shoulders. Cause it is hard, you know, spending a lot of plates, you know, that I do right now. Right. Um, but I'm very passionate about all those plates that I spin and, I know it will evolve naturally and things will set where they need to. So let's talk a little bit about that. You know, we've brushed on the fact that like, obviously you're a married man, you're a little bit older than some of the like folks uh, that are in the referee gig right now that, you know, haven't been there a long time, but the ones that are going to be learning <laughs> from this in particular and particularly, um, and that you're also, obviously you have an entrepreneurship, you have a set of businesses and things like that. Let's talk about what life is like for you as far as keeping all of those plates spinning in the air and how important it is to balance wrestling with everything else. Tell us about, you know, obviously RefFit and your other ventures. Like, go ahead. So, you know, everybody's like, hey, how the hell do you do it all, right? Sure. And for me, it's just learning the timing. You know, it's just like a wrestling match. It's knowing where to be at the right time. Yeah. You know, what all massage specifically there? do you do? What all specifically? What iron? Okay. Fire? Obviously, ref <laughs> so, has been massage. So, therapy. yeah, re I referee. I, I own my massage, my own massage therapy business that just celebrated its 10 years in existence. And what do we call that? Uh, uh, Define Therapeutic Massage, based out of Charleston, South Carolina. Cool. Define, um, <laughs> yeah, define if anybody wants to look at it. Um, I work with a health and wellness supplement company called Advocare. Um, which works really, really you know, well with uh, massage therapy and with the wrestling for that matter. Mm -hmm. um, and then me and my wife do some travel agency work on the side for uh, Disney. So like we've got all that going on. I just became a certified life coach. I'm trying to pursue something down that avenue, but it hasn't really um, facilitated in my brain yet exactly what I yeah. want to do. Um, I want it to be something that's unique. So we're just kind of waiting for that thing to... Um, matriculate i guess develop on its own sure. so yeah to, to answer the question about how do i do it all it's just it's finding you know where everything fits you know right. i work a very solid schedule with uh massage therapy where i only work tuesday wednesday thursday mm -hmm. uh but i work from six in the morning to eight uh, you know sorry eight in the morning to six o'clock at night and it's usually packed back boom 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 yeah. you know and so on those spare days is when i focus on trying to reach out to people about advocare or getting a booking or something like that. So it, it's really just a matter of, you know, knowing where all your ducks are and putting yeah. them in the road that you need them to be at. So uh, it's so important to have that thing, like you had mentioned about having the like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, like a, you know, like a solid, like regular schedule block that like you can rely on and can like take care of bills and things like that. And then you can kind of adjust things around it because like if everything is in a constant ever revolving schedule, like wrestling is like, it's so much more complicated. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. So tell us a little. Yeah, bit. it works itself out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it sounds like, you know, like basically what you're doing is, you know, like from day to day, like you're just kind of putting on a different hat each day, you know, and like today's a wrestling day. Today's a massage therapy day. Today is a travel agency day, like you were saying. And it just kind of like make it fit where you can. Yeah. And, you know, making sure that you have the, the right type of time um, for family at home. You know, I, 
I am fortunate enough to have both of my uh, stepsons who are adults now. So, you know, they live on their own, which is great. So I don't have to worry about that part. Uh, But we do have seven fur babies here and that's a lot to take (laughs) care of too. And, um, you know, just finding that time for my wife and everything. And, you know, it's, it's funny, like she might go use the restroom or something. So I'll hop on my phone and I'll go on social media and I'll post the post, whether it be about wrestling or about Abacare or about massage or whatever. And that's marketing right there. Right. So like I get my marketing in when I can't, right. Um, I will say that I'm one of those people that I like to get up at four, five o'clock in the morning and have several hours to where I can do what I need to do for myself. Yeah. Um, so, so that it fits comfortably, you know? Absolutely. Um, obviously you've touched, uh, quite a bit on like your own personal fitness and massage therapy and things like that. Let's talk a little bit about like what kind of, um, fitness and like recovery you feel is most necessary for people in a referee role. Cause obviously you have a, you know, unique experience and like knowledge base that like you can share the wealth of information for those of us like <laughs> myself that like, you know, I just stretch a little bit at the beginning of my matches and hope that I don't hurt myself. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's, it's, it's such a great question um, because there's so many different dynamics that are involved into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and with that being said, it's very simple once you understand like what you're doing and why you're doing it. Yeah. Um, and I know that that's very complicated. And if anybody ever really wants to know more, they can always reach out to me. Sure. But I think it's extremely important for referees to train as a wrestler at some point. Totally I'm not agree. asking them to go out and get on a whole bunch of shows, but understand what's to be expected from the wrestlers. So that way your placement and, and you know where to be, you know how it should look. So therefore, if they take a bump and it doesn't look right, you can be sure to make sure that they're okay. Yeah. You know, but also um, it's good to have an idea, like even <clears throat> when things are going well of how like, impactful that feels on your body so you can have a realistic yes. expectation of like how your wrestlers are physically feeling even when things are going well absolutely yeah and you know i think um you had Vinny on a while back and you know dynamic stretching i think is great mm-hmm. you know i teach all of my um clients all the time there's a whole bunch of different type of stretching out there yeah we're all different. We all respond differently. So find what works for you, whether it be a static stretch where you hold for a period of time, a dynamics dynamic stretching is, has been kind of like the gold standard because I've never heard anybody get injured while dynamic stretching. Right. You define Um, that since we're talking about it so heavily. Yeah. Dynamic stretching is basically recreating movements that you're going to be doing Mm -hmm. for whatever activity it is. So for us being referees, you know, there's a high likelihood that you're going to fall down on the mat and you're going to stand back up. So do a couple of slow, easy type of burpee movements or something yeah. like that to where you're going down, you're getting back up, sit in a squat for a few seconds, just so you can get kind of comfortable there. Do a couple of lunges, swing your arms because, you know, we use our arms so much, you know, right. we bring it all the way back and we come all the way through. So right. just do some arm As swings, something like that. like going through the stretches that like you learned in PE like 20 years ago that you just know are stretches, you know, like do what you feel yeah. is specifically going to affect your body. The, the easiest way that it was ever explained to me was one of the athletic trainers that I worked with in the U.S. soccer. He goes, the thing is, is you're about to do very intense movements. Right. So do those intense movements at a lesser grade. Yeah. And that's a dynamic stretch, you know, because you're preparing all those muscles. You're getting all those muscles, you know, really, really good. And you'll be able to perform better. You know, 
hydration and nutrition is super important too. You know, we get dehydrated, we can cramp really, really easily. And if anybody's ever gotten a cramp in the middle of the ring, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Um, we're kind of dancing around it right now. We might as well just go like right into it. Like tell everybody about what ref fit is and like how it started and what it means to you and yeah, what you're trying to accomplish through it. Cool. So I've got a cool little video that I had produced a buddy of mine who is a, um, a videographer he decided he wanted to make it for me as a little project uh, but essentially it was right after i separated my shoulder and i was super depressed if anybody listening here has ever had a critical injury and you've had to be on the couch for a period of time it's it sucks you yeah, know absolutely. and i was just like how in the hell am i ever going to recover and i just thought to myself i'm already adding value as a referee mm-hmm. what if i can be the not only the best referee that i can possibly be but also be some sort of a inspiration or a beacon to everybody else that's in the wrestling community. So, you know, the rock says be the hardest worker in the room. Right. Right. And that was kind of my mentality is just, just because I'm a referee doesn't mean that I can, can't do the same thing that wrestlers do. Cause I feel when you look at it, at some of these matches, you know, some of these high level matches, we got to be just as fit, if not even fitter than some of these guys yeah, to keep absolutely. up with them. You know, and I wanted that. I felt that the referee community was owed that, you know, yeah. to say that, you know, we're not just a referee. Like we bust our asses, whether it be physically, mentally, emotionally, or all three of the above, you know, right. we bust our asses to do this. So I just kind of wanted to amplify that and give it a platform to help other referees, you know, in any way that I can, whether it be with uh, training physically, um, whether it be just inspirational uh, accountability, things like that, just to keep people on their toes, you know, and in a way that kind of, I hope this doesn't sound cynical, but it cuts away the fat, you know, some of these people get involved in wrestling that, you know, they want to do it just to be cool or whatever. Well, you know, we take this seriously. You know, people that have like you've done, right? like you've been out several times, you've cleaned out your bank account several times, yeah. you know, we, we like bleed this, you know, we bleed. And, and, you know, just because I'm doing all of these other things that I do in my life doesn't mean that I believe that I don't bleed any less for professional wrestling. I love it. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I always want to be a part of it and I always want to add some sort of value to it. So I'm going to bust my ass to do that, you know, in any, in any fashion that I can. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's essentially what RefFit is. So it's not like it's a brand in the aspect of, oh, you can go buy a RefFit shirt or you can do the RefFit program. It's just something to attach that people, if they go look up that hashtag, you're going to see motivational quotes. You're going to see exercising. You're going to see wrestling. You're going to see all these things that encompass that mentality of what ref fit is. Yeah. It's like you said, it's a lifestyle. Not necessarily like trying to get over or like sell a shirt or anything like that. You're trying to uh, give inspiration and hope to other people and like try to motivate them to follow a path that you're trying to follow yourself. If I can be as bold as to say, like what you do with zebra talk, you know, or, or the, the group or whatever, you know, you're trying to bring people together in the, in the referee community. Yeah. I'm trying to do that in a different way, you know, yeah. and, and I'm not like, again, I'm not getting myself over. I'm not getting anything else over. It's just, Hey, we all grasp onto something when we see it and like, Ooh, the more platforms we have for that, the better it's going to be. Right. Absolutely. Uh, touch a little bit on how important it is to have like diversification in what you actually bring to the role, because like, obviously we're all referees, but like you said, like the majority of your opportunities have come from you actually getting a foot in the door, like through massage therapy or like whatever it was. But like, that's when you then have the opportunity to show, oh, by the way, I'm also a great referee, like uh, touch a little bit on that. 
So Uncle Bob Evans, <laughs> as everybody yes. has <laughs> once said at one of his seminars, how do you add value, value. to a show? Value. Just because you're a wrestler, just because you're a referee, just because you're an announcer, doesn't mean that you add value per se. What can you do to make that show, make that promotion, make that match that much better? Like, how can you add value? If so I think it's- amount of wrestlers and referees that are available, what sets you apart from them? Go ahead. Absolutely. So like for me, yes, I have an extensive knowledge. I'm CPR certified. I have an extensive knowledge in anatomy and physiology. Uh, I do massage therapy. You know, I, I add that security for them there. Yeah. Now, you know, Kevin Pierce from PWX, he's got a great working knowledge of AV. So he does a lot of the production stuff in addition to refereeing. Yeah. I think as a referee, if you can figure out what type of added value you can present, particularly something that's unique, you know, yeah. that maybe somebody doesn't offer. Cause I mean, how many graphic designers are out there, you know, yeah. that are saying, Oh, I'll do your poster for you, or I'll do this, or I'll do that. Just figure out what it is that you can do to add value. Even if that adding value is I'm really good at setting up and breaking down chairs, you yeah. know, that needs to be done. So just be, you know, motivated to do that, you know, and that falls actually, it trickles down from working with us soccer as a massage therapist, you know, you don't just be a massage therapist. You have to help the equipment manager get everything set up. You have to go chase balls down when they kick them off the field. Right. You have to make the Gatorade. You have right. to do all these other things and your yeah, willingness and your adaptability. The thing you were hired for. Yeah. Yeah. Your willingness and adaptability to do all that makes you indispensable in a way, yeah, you know, in, in a world where there's, like you said, there's this uproar in referees, you know, we, we got a whole bunch to pick from, right? What sets you aside? what makes you indispensable to the company and what makes it harder for them to choose anybody other than you at any point, even when it comes to just first walking in the door. Yeah. And I think the first step, honestly, and this is just me get CPR certified. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, get CPR first responder certified because I think that's, that should be something that should be a necessity for any referee. Yeah. I mean, there. that should be standardized across the board, across the world. Like uh, we are the first medical line of defense for people mm -hmm. and we need to be able to respond accordingly, especially in scenarios that obviously all of us are in pretty regularly where, you know, we're at a show that doesn't have a budget to have an EMT or sometimes even yeah. a first aid kit. And you are going to be the only person who can help that person for upwards of like 10 to 10 minutes to an hour, like whatever, like you can save someone's life. And the number one rule that was taught to me on day one was as a referee, your responsibility is the health and wellness of everybody inside that ring, whether it's a worker or a shoot, that's your number one responsibility. Absolutely. So that's where I feel like that, that becomes a, a very important role, which I don't think I've talked about it yet, but that's one of the reasons you'll see me in the ring. Like when anybody takes a significant bump, I immediately go check on them yeah. no matter what. Yeah, because it, first off, it adds realism to everything that's happening right there. And if the referees got to check on them, man, that must have been something serious. Right. Yeah. But I also, mean, too, the weirdest things can happen. Right. So just because it looked like it was a safe bump doesn't mean it was a safe bump. You never like know. We, we heard um, I think it was Edge was talking about it when he like first broke his neck. It was like a really like just normal, casual bump on. But like it was on a ladder, obviously, but like it wasn't he fell from like 20 feet onto the thing or something mm -hmm. like that, you know, it was a fall of like five feet, but he just hit the right way. Or like my first experience with an injury in a, in a match was um, 
you know, the Regal twins who are absolutely phenomenal wrestlers out of uh, the Midwest. Um, one of them did a moonsault to the outside off of the top rope and they caught him. There were three people there to catch him. Everybody caught him fine. But for whatever reason, like between being caught and actually making contact with the ground, somehow his leg just snapped. Like we still don't even yeah. really know what happened to cause <laughs> it, but like, yeah, you never know what's going to happen even when things go right. Um, Absolutely. Dive into it a little bit more. Like, what kind of experiences have you had with injuries, you know, firsthand in a wrestling scenario? And, like, how do you feel, you know, like you were able to, you know, do this, like what we're talking about, be the, uh, the medical defense line? You know, like, talk about that a bit. So, um, let's see. The first big one, uh, a buddy of mine came off the top rope, landed uh, compound fracture on his forearm, Ooh. both bones, you know. Um, or yeah. sorry, it wasn't compound. I, I, I apologize. He broke both bones, but it didn't break the skin. Gotcha. And yeah, that the was funny thing was, makes is way worse. <laughs> I came down, I came down. I was like, Hey man, are you okay? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, are you sure? Because it looked pretty nasty. He goes, Oh, it hurts. And I'm like, so is this a shoot or a work? He's like, Oh, it's a work. I mean, it's a shoot. It's a shoot. It's a shoot. <laughs> and so of course, you know, just I, so you know I, at this point. You yeah. Know, so I throw the X up and we, you know, we got him to the ambulance and everything. And sure. so that was great. And luckily I haven't dealt with anything super crazy like that. Um, I do, I have experienced somebody who at that time I didn't realize exactly what it was, yeah. but he had a full blown concussion. Yeah. Um, disoriented. And, and the, the hardest thing is, is, and I think you've talked about this several times, the boys like to rib you, you know? Yeah. And, and they like to give you crap and everything. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was asking him, I was like, Hey, do you know where you are? He's like, no, nah, man, I have no clue. Yeah. And the, the look that he was giving me at the time was kind of like, ah, I hear Yeah. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. But like he had a full blown, cause at the end, cause somehow he managed to finish the match and it was one of those ladder matches where you had to go get the briefcase. Mm. And I went up to go raise his hand and he looked down at me like with sheer terror. And I knew that he had no idea where he was at. That's and of course I do everything that I can in the back and be like, you need to go get your head checked Yeah, whatever. Yeah. And it's just, it's heart wrenching because like, you want to do more, but, um, and I, and I've had several other experiences, nothing like critical or anything, luckily, yeah. thank goodness. Um, but it did give me all throughout those. Um, it gave me the idea to get in more of the action of checking on people on a more regular basis. Because you just never know. Like we just said, you just never know when it's happened. So I, I will, with a body slam, I'll at least check, look at their eyes, just yeah, see if their eyes are dilated or not, you know. Hey, can you hear me? You know, whatever. Yeah. Plus, it bleeds into any good referee that has to communicate, you know, whether it be via your IFB or via the other wrestler. Now it doesn't look like you're suspiciously walking up to that person to convey yeah. a, <laughs> Like I'm doing it on a regular basis enough to where – it, it doesn't, doesn't look, look awkward out of the that you're just walking up randomly. To exactly. Like, hey, brother, there's five minutes left. <laughs> Plus, I mean, like if you watch, you know, and it's been said millions of times by everybody you've interviewed, um, you know, if you look at boxing referees or you look at UFC referees, they're checking on those guys on a they're regular basis, you know, yeah. right. And just making sure. And that's, you know, it annoys me beyond all belief just to watch a referee stand in the corner and go, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, oh look, there's a kid. one. Two, yeah. three, yeah, like, like I don't think you should overreact. And I got, I got bad in that habit because one of my inspirations was Charles Robinson. You know, like I got into the real bad, you know, overdoing it. And I saw, I was like, yeah. eh, you know, I need to kind of tone that down a little bit. Sure. But I still get involved enough to go, okay, hey, you're good, cool, whatever. And now I don't look strange. 
Well, we are kind of winding down time a little bit. I do like to give everybody an opportunity at the end to, you know, obviously plug your own socials and all of your uh, shows coming up. If you have any like uh, companies that you feel like people could, you know, take another look at, or maybe they haven't had a chance to take a look at them yet, or more specifically, any refs or wrestlers that you feel, you know, the uh, the world of wrestling should give a, a real look at, uh, you know, that's, uh, the floor is yours. Go ahead. Awesome. So uh, I would be remiss if I didn't talk about uh, WrestleForce, which is uh, my trainer's company. Uh, and what I like about it, it's a very small company based out of Columbia, South Carolina. But he has a mindset of the old territory days. So he pulls in champions from other promotions to say, hey, they're defending that championship here, yeah, yeah, you know, absolutely. which kind of brings that unity of a lot of the other uh, um a lot of the other federations that are out there, you know, yeah, he kind of has that idea. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. And he has uh, um, a drive to pull unique wrestlers from like, we're based in South Carolina, but he'll pull somebody from Alabama one time, or he'll yeah. pull somebody from Tennessee one time or something like that. So it's just not the same guys wrestling in that right. area over and over and over again. And there's no, there's never any really big names involved with it. So you're getting this um, showcase of new up and coming uh, wrestlers so yeah. WrestleForce is great uh, you know PWX is all over the place on high spot network so like most people are already aware of that sure. um, uh, so of course NWA you know always check out Fight TV <laughs> What's 605 that? every Tuesday <laughs> <laughs> um, you know as we're recording this we got a pay-per-view coming up and I am confident that we're going to have several more coming up it's always a big fight feel and that's what I love about NWA um, when it comes to up and coming uh, wrestlers uh, or referees um you know, Kevin Pierce is a great referee. He's yeah. based out of uh, PWX. He's a really good guy. Um, he's been working with uh, New Japan a little bit as well. So I see big things coming for him. Uh, when it comes to wrestlers, man, there is a stack I could go over. Right. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, some of the ones that I want to highlight, of, you know, my trainer, John Schuyler, he's making it big now. Thank goodness he, he earned, you know, he, About time. God, he deserves it. Yeah. You know, um, the Heat Seekers based out of Tennessee. Those guys are phenomenal. Why they're not booked. Like they own every other tag team championship that's on the Indies right now. Like if you watch sure. Matt Segment or Elliot Russell on their social media, like it's crazy, right? Um, when it comes to singles wrestlers, uh, one of the guys that I got brought into the business with, Zuka King, uh, man, mm -hmm. he's such about an, him lately, yeah. Zuka King, such an old school heel, yeah. just downright old school heel. He's my brother. I love him. You know, he's just a good guy to keep an eye on. Uh, Montana Black. Mm -hmm. is one out of charlotte he is a big dude but oh my god is he eloquent on the stick like sure. he can cut a promo with so much emotion and then he conveys it into the ring so it's not like just a oh hey cool whatever yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Dar darius lockhart is the exact same way uh great guy he's a smaller guy he's not a big guy um but he's god he's so good when he talks Absolutely. and he's so great when he wrestles and he trained a lot in england so he brings a little bit of English flair yeah. into the Southeast, you know, so it's, it's something refreshing. It's something unique to see in this area here. Um, Savannah Evans is great uh, yep. for female wrestling. She's, yep. she's the cannibal, you know, what else can you say about her? Right. Um, Selfishly, you know, like, like I, this is one of my favorite parts of every interview, honestly, because like, uh, you know, for my own benefit, like I love just hearing people mention people that like I've already got in my mind. And I'm just like, yep, Darius Lockhart. Yep. Savannah yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's nice to <laughs> and one guy reaffirmed. Yeah, go ahead. One, one guy that I got to work with for the first time uh, last weekend, uh, Landon Hale. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's based out of Alabama. Um, he's he's got some good stuff going for him. Uh, very good communicator in the ring. Um, very smooth. Uh, you know, just a couple of tweaks, but I think he's got something going for him as well. Um, and like I said, the list could go on and on. I don't want to take up too much more time. <laughs> but if anybody's ever like, hey, who should I watch? Message me. I'll be happy to give you a whole bunch of people. Because in addition, like I like to try to help scout when I can, because yeah. I do help Bob with WrestleForce and I do help him down with OSCW. Uh, so I always kind of keep my eyes out. So if anybody that's listening to this or watching this right now has anybody I need to keep eyes on, you know, send me a message because I love to help network people and put them together. Uh, when it comes to social media... <laughs> His social media Steven Trasario, brother. <laughs> <laughs> social ahead. media is uh Jared.fritz on Instagram and TikTok, uh Jared C. Fritz LMT on Facebook, and then J Fritz uh Ref Life on Twitter. I haven't changed that one yet. <laughs> so pretty Very simple, cool. pretty easy. If anybody wants to get into contact with me for any reason whatsoever, I'm I'm always willing to talk and always willing to help. Absolutely. Um, both your first name and your surname have kind of unique spelling. So do you mind just giving that to the audience? Yeah, absolutely. So Jared, J-A-R-R-O-D, Fritz, F-R-I-T-Z. Super easy. All right. Easy peasy. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciated your time. No, man, thank you. I, I'm so glad that we finally got to redo this again. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> we got to get it out, man. We got to make sure that right, like, man. you're presented in the best light possible for everybody. Because I appreciate it so it. much, man. And I appreciate everything you do for the Zebra community. It, it's very heartwarming to just see how much you invest of your own time and your own passion. And it's contagious. You know, I think through the time that I started seven years ago to where I'm at today, there in the past two to three years alone, there has been such a resurgence uh, in the refereeing community. And I think a lot of that is honestly, thanks to you. So I really appreciate everything you do, my friend. I very much appreciate hearing that. Sometimes I I wonder if that is the case, but it's always nice to hear it back from people who are observing it. Oh, it is. You know, like uh, it is brother. I can definitely see like the effect that like, it's not me, you know, I made a group and that's nice but the group is an entity and a living thing of its own and they are helping each other. And you can definitely see that with the quality of referees uh, out on the indies and on television and everything, you know? So it's, it's been a really wonderful process to like, you know, see how the group affects like the world of wrestling as a whole. So thank you for you're the Papa zebra. (laughs) I'm just the guy (laughs) who had the idea one day. (laughs) Uh, Thank you very much folks for joining us. Thank you again to Jared. Uh, If you would like to support the zebra talk fund, please go on to prowrestlingtees.com backslash Zebra Talk. The Zebra Talk Fund is a travel grant that we award once a month to a referee that uh, is trying to get outside of their area. Unfortunately, promoters often can't afford to pay us travel, so we uh, have taken it upon ourselves to create a whole line of merchandise so we can help people travel because that's how you learn. You get out there, you diversify the people that you're working with and that you're learning from. So yeah prowrestlingtees.com backslash zebra talk if you'd like to find us on social media we're on instagram twitter youtube it's all zebra talk one two three if you are a referee and you have not joined zebra talk yet please find me on any of my socials i'm od one Kenodi on instagram and twitter you can find me on facebook at robert od brown and we will go ahead and we'll get you in there um yeah thank you again for being here i really appreciate your time i appreciate all you folks for listening watching however you're taking this in and yeah Thanks again. Take care.